Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Alistair. Pastor Alistair is the founder of Jesus Christ Ministry International Church with multiple branches in South Africa. He's an evangelist with an outreach ministry called Jesus Savior of the World, bringing healing and deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Jesus Christ Ministry International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel to receive messages every week. Now let's listen to Pastor Alistair. Hallelujah. Can you hear how that sounds? Amen. A dead battery can kill the audio. Amen. Are you in Matthew chapter 16? We're going to read the same verse, amen, Matthew 16, verses number 18. Uh, we are on our second, and then just jump to Proverbs 19, verses 4 after that. Uh, we are on our second lap in terms of, when I say second lap, I mean a second half, amen, of our fast. We're on day 12 today, am I right? Amen, day 12 today. And this half of the, of the fast uh, as we continue, oh, we're on day 12. As we continue to um, fast, I want to talk to you about church growth. Amen. Church growth. Remember, this is our year of spirituality and church growth. Amen. Um, Bishop Dag has many books on church, on church work and church planting as well. Uh, one of the books he has uh, church called Church Planting. The other one he has is uh, the mega church. Um, I want to share with you something from here. Uh, then he has a double missionary church. Then he has a double mega church as well and stuff. So, And then it's normal just church growth as well. Lots of books on church growth and how you can grow the work of God and how you can grow the church. So I'm going to share with you. Just a little, not going to from the beginning of the book or anything, uh, just something that got my attention, amen, uh, when I was reading. I'm actually not reading this book. Uh, I'm reading a book called Double Missionary Book, amen. Sorry, Double Missionary Church, Double Missionary Church. Currently reading that book. Uh, I've been really blessed by it. It's my first time reading it, so it's really blessing me, so... I won't reveal all the things that are in there now, but later on, I will, amen. So when I read uh, Bishop Dag's books, it's like the Holy Spirit speaks to me and gives me more added information, amen, and stuff that is so, so beautiful, and that's why I love, I love reading. So you must make sure that you read the books, amen. What I want to do, I want us to, uh, maybe not from next week, but the following week, wants us to set up like a corner within the church, even if we use that back over there where that drape, put that, not the drape, that log, what you call it, pallets, backdrop, I don't know, what you call that? What you call that thing with the wood? Pallets, so isn't it supposed to be like a design or something? Photo boot or something? <laughs> yeah, so I want us to try and get a big writing and say podcast. So all the all the preaching, all the audios, uh, how people can get it on Spotify, how people can get the videos and all that. They, 
if they need information with regards to the preaching and all that, they, they go over there. People hook them up on the Wi-Fi. They can download stuff. They can put stuff under your phone and stuff. So we would need a team that is technology, have some at least technology with them. So for the older folks, maybe the older folks wanted, but they can't go on to links and stuff, you know, and can touch Spotify. Some of the people don't even know what Spotify is. <laughs> right, Emmanuel? Oh, okay, cool. So it's that, it's the Spotify, it's the Anchor FM. There's a lot of sites that the, my preaching is on. There's also Apple Apple Podcasts. I don't know if you've heard of Apple Podcasts, but it's also there as well, you know. So there's a lot of avenues that the preaching and the videos are on YouTube as well and Facebook. So the, that's why we record every week as well, just so that the, the information can go out. Amen. That's why we pay money for internet. Amen. So that the gospel can go out as well. So one of the, one of the strategies Bishop Dag talks about of church growth is to get to technology, amen. If a church doesn't get to technology, the church will die because there's a greater audience out there in terms of technology as well. So sometimes when we are live, we're not live today, when we are live, when we see the people in church that are here, I'm not just preaching to the people that are in church, I'm also preaching to an online audience as well, amen. So that's, they're not a part of the physical church, but they are part of the church because they're they listening. Uh, people in Joburg, they're part of the church because they're listening to the live recordings all the time as well. Amen. So, so it's, it, technology is something else. Amen. There was one girl, I remember, she contacted me. She Googled. She was in Durban. She tried to come and visit me. Uh, she stays in Cape Town. Uh, the Lord sent her to Durban, and the Lord sent her to a church in Durban. So she went to Google and she typed in churches in Durban and Jesus Christ Ministries International popped up. And the Lord's, well, other churches popped up, but the Lord zoomed in to our ministry and stuff. And she called me. I was able to pray with her and able to help her with certain things. She tried to, she tried to meet me, but she never, she sent a message on our Facebook account. Now, I was not always all the time on social media, so I missed the message and stuff. So when I missed the message and I responded, she said that she's just about to leave and to go back home, but she wanted to come and visit and wanted me to lay hands on her. But I spoke over, prayed over, used technology again, video call, and I prayed and I spoke a blessing over her life and stuff. And she was very, I don't even know what happened to her number. Uh, she was very blessed by the ministry as well. Um, and she said, she even is saying that, hey, I wish your church could be in Cape Town as well. You know, so things like, things like that, do you understand? So technology opens the, door, opens the doors for church growth. You can't run away from technology. And tech, one of the things about technology is that technology is extremely expensive. Extremely expensive. Sometimes you'll buy something and that thing you will realize that thing doesn't work for what you're looking for. I bought a, you would see a cable at the back over there. I bought a cable for 200, 250 or 300 and it's a USB extender, 10 meters. It's like something like this. It's an extender USB, but that is 10 meters. So because this is an extender, I thought that extender would work the same. So I plugged in because I wanted the camera right at the back. 
uh, plugged it in, it won't work and it won't pick it up. It works for something else, but it doesn't work for the camera. So you see, so technology sometimes, you <laughs> and there's no way you can, you can test a product first. And then they'll tell you this is a USB extender. It will extend whatever you, but then when it comes, I think the power of the camera is too much for it. I don't know. But I don't know how come this one is working. Maybe because of the length. So, and even when the guy gave me this one, he says, I'm giving you this here, but I don't think it will work for what you want. I said, don't worry, give me it, it will work. This one here. And it worked. <laughs> but now, the other one that I bought, this one I paid 100 rand. The other one that I bought. Because I was happy, like, hey, this thing's working. So, because the camera is not nice right here in the front. I wanted it at the back as well, like, you know. I thought the thing's laying there now. So 250 rand. <laughs> but it will come in handy one someday. That that will come in handy. Control it away. That's the thing with technology. You know, even the, the things that we have, the screen over here, we thought we no more needed. We bought it, we paid for it, came back in handy again, you understand? So these things they, they come in handy, but technology is one of the ways that the church can grow. Yeah, one of the ways the church can grow, we need better equipment. If you don't utilize technology, one day you'll open your church. If you don't util utilize technology, your, your church won't grow to a certain level. It won't grow to a certain level. You must utilize technology. What I was talking to, uh, uh, to Pastor Bradley the other day, and I was saying to him, whenever you go to like an Indian church or a white church, I said, we have mastered the charismatic parts of the churches. We're all spiritual and stuff. But when you go to uh, like white churches and Indian churches, you'll see the five-star level of, uh, of church that is there compared to us colored churches. It's our, 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 where they are in terms of church, it's like four. We don't even think about those things. Yeah, we don't even think about those things. You go to a church, you think you're in a mall. That's how beautiful the church is, you understand? Even if you go to Dove, I'm not saying that we must waste our money and make our church look like a mall, but I'm talking about the excellence. There's a level of where you can see now this is a waste of money, and there's a level now you can see that this is needed for excellence. Yeah, you understand? Like for me, for us to say, well, let's put a, let's put a tile, let's tile this whole place and put railings and tile the walls and stuff. So... For me, it's like for it's a waste. What's the wall is fine. Let's paint the wall. You understand? Why must we chip it then and put tiles and stuff? So when people come, it's a nice smooth feeling. No, it, you know, it's not really necessary and stuff. So and then you know, you got other things that people want to do: gold bars. And people, you know, all those things like is it necessary? People can walk without having to put like you know, and these ushers. If somebody can't walk properly, the usher will help them walk or, or something. I'm just looking at ways to not spend money the way they do, because when you go to a day, you actually think you're in a mall. They got go karts to escort you from your car to your hello walk, walk from your car to the church. <laughs> Why must we buy go-karts now that you sit in from your car, you go to the church? Ah, there's a, there's, that's naughty. There's a level now that uh, you, just, you just don't do and stuff. You understand? But in terms of their admin and in terms of the way they structure it, it, it is in, it's marvelous. I went to 
Pastor Clive Gopal's uh, pastor's meeting with Dr. Humphrey, and uh, he showed us a video clip of a pastor. He's going to be coming down. I, I, don't, I don't remember the date. Brother Manuel said 14th of this month. 14th of February, if you can, if you, yeah, Valentine's Day, yes, it's a church growth conference of how to become a five-star church, a five-star church, very nice. Where's the bloody man here? I'm Zinto, yeah. So we'll just have to look at, we'll look at the cost and stuff, and if you can give and give towards petrol much better than uh, just one or two people go in and stuff, so you understand? So if you would like to come, it's interesting. For me, I'm going there for, for knowledge and stuff, you know. I'm going there for knowledge. So we went there the last time, and um, this whole nice, uh, what you call this thing? Presentation of a five-star church. He spoke about what a five-star church really is. From the parking lot to the church. <laughs> oh, that, that kind of quality they get. He says that the excellence, he says that when they go, when you go to a church from the parking lot, somebody greets you, they find your name out. The usher, by the, the usher over there greets you by your name. As you're coming in, that one greets you by your name. As you enter, everybody is greeting you by your name. And you're shocked and you're wondering, how does everybody know my name? How do they even know that I'm a visitor? Even over here in church, we miss those that visit and we're still so small. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even talk to those that visit. So you can imagine the kind of quality or kind of reception they are receiving. According to five-star rating, we are below five-star rating. I don't know if we even one-star rating. I don't even think we qualify to be the rate on a rate. Yes. It's like when you go to a hotel, when you go to a hotel, you're looking at the, and the prices or different because of the... So when they come to JCMI, I wonder what they, what they get. I wonder what they get. Because sometimes not everybody comes to the church because of the preaching. Yes, the, preaching might be, the preaching might be okay, but not everybody comes to church because of the preaching. Somebody comes to church by the reception that you give. They feel welcome, they feel loved, they feel at home. And in there you got an usher that is pulling their face, they sour... Or whatever, can't have a conversation, don't know how to start a conversation, don't know how to smile, don't know how to talk. Versus like, hey, let me just go and sit and, and endure this. <laughs> let me go endure this, but my mind's already made up. As for this church, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Now because of the kind of, some of you hotels as well, you go to a hotel, if the hotel is not... Up to standards, you're like, mm, look at the bed. Looks like they never wiped these sheets or washed these. You won't go back to the hotel again. You know, you want to go. How many of us would like to go to like maybe the Hilton or, or something, you know, Protea Hotel rather than Eco Park? Eco Park. I don't know what rating is Eco Park or maybe the hostel, Jacob's Hostel. You understand? Already you know, like, ah. I won't even go near there without anybody saying anything. Even the fact that we don't even have signage is a bad indication. What hotel would you ever find? Or what place will you ever find without not even a sign? I'm sure people could have wanted to come to our church, but maybe could not even find. I'm sure the sign alone will get people to come to church. But we struggle to even raise money for sound. How are we going to raise money for a sign? 
So we in a struggle here. We are low quality rating church. Ah, in Jesus name we will come out. <laughs> but she said minus how much? My, I don't even think minus one. Minus zero something something. something zero dot zero somewhere there. Yes. No even sign. Pardon? Oh you had it too? We receive it in Jesus' name. Yes. I also learned, I've been having these these thoughts where somebody will come and just put like 50,000 rand into the church account for our signages and stuff. Yeah. So we receive the signage and I tell you some 50,000 is not a lot, but... It will put a sign out there and it will sort out our sound a bit. Amen. Yeah, we can start with some renovations, man. Buy some tables and, and chairs. <laughs> like, yo, I tell you something. You understand what I'm saying? But even even that even that 50,000 will just... Because I remember sound... <laughs> You know, even when it comes to sound, like our 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 mics are gone. Our mic, I think you dropped one of the speakers. The speakers are yeah. So a speaker alone, like two speakers, is like what five, six, seven thousand. So you know, so but we'll get there. Don't worry, we'll get there. Amen. So what I'm saying is that imagine we want church growth, but we don't have a sign. <laughs> you see, we don't have a sign. We need to try and I don't know. I'm tired. I don't. I no more. I no more do social media asking people for money. I stopped that. I don't want to do that anymore. I stopped doing that. If I need to get businesses and stuff, it will be a direct email or something. But not going on my post or the church post and saying, please can you donate or please can you give money. I stopped that. The Lord told me to stop that as well. And so because it's because when you start it, what happens is that as the church begins to grow, somebody can hack and somebody can access the church name and get funds from someone else. Or use my name and say, hey, we need funds to build this. And you understand, and yet, so I stopped it. I think it's now a year or two years. I stopped it completely. So you won't see that happening on social media and stuff. We'll have signage in Jesus' name. It's uh, one of the ways, (laughs) it's the elementary stages of church growth. (laughs) I think we'll be growing once we get a sign, at least, at least. Amen. Or maybe once we cut the cross, somebody, ah, in my heart or so, I tell you. We need to actually cut this cross. Eh? I think Shanice has a, uh, a thing as a machine. So there was a photo on our, of the church photo, right? And the photo was up. And the girls were looking nice with the photo and stuff. Somebody commented there and says, hey, please cut that cross. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> hey, the cross is long. I was like, hey, I act like I never see that, that comment. Or I act like, ah, I won't even tag. I'm glad I won't tag. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad I won't tag. At least they never see all year where my father did, but they saw the cross. They should at least take photos, yeah, but they took with a cross. 
Yeah, so what we need to do, we need to, we need to make a plan. Maybe somebody come and see the cross. Uh, as for that church there, yeah, they can't cut the cross. Uh, I'm going to grow. They can't cut the cross. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that it's important for us to understand that God said, I will build my church. However, though, God is building his church, but it's us that is breaking the church down. Because there are certain things that we are not doing to help God build the church. So, for example, God is building the church. He sends the people here. The people come into the church, but the people don't stay in the church. Whose responsibility is to keep them to stay? It's our responsibility. God said, I will build the church by bringing people. Now it's our work. We have to work with God and in making sure that those people that God brings in, we keep and we maintain and we make sure that they are comfortable in church. We make sure that they are being fed the word of God. We're making sure that they are growing spiritually and stuff. And we are pulling out commitment from them. Yeah. You know, it's difficult, and I want to, this is what I want to share with you about the technology and the sign. It was just by the way and stuff. The, the thing that we must understand is that to pull commitment is a difficult thing in church members. If we were all committed 100%, the church will grow tremendously. Tremendously. We know that this is not the church. This is not the members in the church. Church is more than this. However, though, most of the people that are not here, you can see elements in them that are not fully committed. So we have to pull them out of just, of everybody, of just being a normal member to being a committed member. You see, when God, when God called Moses, right? When God called yeah, Moses. God called Moses. He pulled Moses out and he says, I'm going to make you a deliverer to the children of Israel. So Moses was a deliverer. However, though Moses was doing the work by himself. And in doing the work by himself, he was becoming burnt out and extremely tired to the point where he couldn't be effective in the work that he was doing. God has never designed, even though God calls a man like God has called me to establish the church, even though God calls a man, God uses a man, but God, the strength of the man or the ability of the man to be effective is by the people that God sends around him. You understand? So no man can be effective by themselves. No man can be effective just say, I'm called, I'll do it, I don't need nobody's help. That's not true, that's a lie. You can't do it by yourself. There's no way that you can work on it by yourself. You need people to do it. So what happens? So God calls people to be around that person. So like when Moses, was it Moses? When Moses was fighting, who they were fighting, I don't remember. Anyway, they were fighting and Moses was on the bank and uh, Joshua was there in the battlefield and... As they were, Joshua and them were fighting, but Moses' hands were lifted up with the staff. But the more Moses' hands were lifted up, the more victory they were getting. But when Moses dropped his hand down, they saw that they were losing the battle. So it was sensitive people to see that our victory is determined by the support that we give Moses. So if Moses doesn't have the support that he needs, it seems like we're going to lose this battle and stuff. So what they did, they quickly were sensitive enough 
to share the burden that Moses had. So what they did, they went to Moses, lifted up his hands, and they warned. It wasn't that Moses was completely strong by himself. Moses was carrying the anointing. Moses had the stuff. God had given him the mandate and stuff. However, though, the support of uh, Joshua, and I don't know who else it was. I forgot who the person was. Orner lifted up his hands, and as they lifted up his hands, if Moses could say, I'm just anointed, I don't need you to help me, I'm fine, they would have lost the battle because Moses was going to get tired. So they were sensitive. Can you see what I'm talking about? They were sensitive enough to say, okay, we're going to support. However, though, now in JCMI, we have a totally different and stuff. Pastor gets burnt out. Pastor gets tired. Why? Because there's, there's so much, it's that nobody... Uh, I won't say, yeah, nobody sees the burden yet of the ministry or, or carries the burden of the ministry. You see, whenever somebody waits to get told something or told to do something, it means that they are not burden carriers. Mm. So if I, for example, if I tell you to, if I tell you to go by the sound and you don't see that there's a need for a sound guy, even though I'm, I'm, are you waiting for me to say, go by the sound, but you don't see the need to go by the sound. So long before I see the need for a sound person, somebody already must identify, because I'm not only thinking about sound. You get what I'm saying? There are other aspects. So if I get around the sound part of it, it might be a long time. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So it would mean that people that carry the burden would see, ah, I see there's a lack in terms of the sound department. Let me volunteer. I don't know much about it, but let me volunteer. Even if I just had to put a, the, the, the up and down, 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 up and down. You understand? What happens is that I'm sharing the load. I'm carrying it. So most of, most of the times, if you look at the churches in our community, it's that people like to only do stuff that they, are, that they are requested to do. So I must tell you to do it in order for you to do it. You understand? So for example, you see there's ushers. There's a shortage of ushers. You sit down. You don't become an usher. It shows that you are not carrying the burden you understand? For example, you'll see that uh, there's a shortage on media, and you sit down while there's, no, there's a shortage of media. So it means that you are not carrying the burden. So without you even, without pastors saying, we need media people, obviously you can see that media people is needed. It would then need you to carry that vision and the burden to say, I'm going to jump on there. I see that there's no more. I'm going to jump on there. Oh, I see there's, there's, uh, what? there's a few, few home cells. You know what? I'm going to run a home cell. I'm going to start a home cell. Oh, I see there's a few of this. I'm going to do this. Hey, I see there's not a lot of cleaners. I'm going to jump on and I'm going to clean. I see there's not a lot of people that are doing that. I'm going to jump on and I'm going to do it. Without somebody saying, please, can somebody please fix the drapes or somebody please come and clean? What is that? It's you now sharing the burden. Moses never tell them, hey guys, come help me. If I lift my hands up, we are winning. He never, they are the ones that discerned and saw. 
You understand what I'm saying? They were the ones that discerned and saw. So it doesn't mean that I must come to you and say, please go and visit so and so. You must be, you must be able to see that, ah, so and so has not been, so and so is missing, so and so is this. Without you even having to just send a message, first I'm going to visit so and so. Oh, I'm going to check on this person, I'm going to check on that person. I haven't seen him now. What's that? That's carrying the burden. You understand? That's carrying the vision. I see that, hey, this one hasn't been. I, I, I'm going. I do nothing during the day. There's nothing that is really happening. Let me go and serve. Do you understand? Do you understand? So that's, that's talking about, that's what they did. They discerned it without him mentioning it. So now Moses' father-in-law saw. He saw that Moses was working too much. Let me see my time. Okay, I'm, I'm done actually. He saw that Moses was working too much. And Moses was carrying the burden heavy on him. And he says, appoint 72 people with the same spirit that you have. So that they can share the burden. And so, so one, of the, one of the first things of church growth is being able to share the burden. And so, we share the burden. You know that our, our main focus is souls and working for God. Souls and working for the Lord. So you'll hear it in my preaching. I'm not here to preach to you about theology. I'm not here to preach to you about, you know, systematic uh, and biblical interpretation. And we'll do that in Bible study. But my main thing is to prepare you. The, this, the vision of the church is souls. And to prepare you for the work of God is to train you for the work of God. And so you'll hear it in everything that I teach. Attempt great things for God. It's a great thing to serve the Lord. Catch the anointing. You know, the influence of the Holy Spirit. Loyalty and disloyalty. All these things, labor not to be blessed. Determinants. All these things is to prepare you to do the work of God. Because one day when you stand before God, your works are going to speak for you. Not your theology that you learned. Amen? Your works will speak to you, for you, right? Are you in Proverbs? Let me just share this one thing and we'll finish, right? Nineteen verses four. The scripture says, Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated. From his neighbor. When you got money, you got lots of friends. It's like the signals go out. Ricardo went to the tax man and the tax man gave him money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody just picked up the, the signals that you got money. How? They don't know. You might have not told anybody, but they can sense that you got money. And what happens, many people start becoming friendly to you because they realize that you got money. So the Bible says wealth makes many friends. But poverty, when you don't have money, it separates you from your friends. It separates you from your neighbors. 
It's like now they don't, they got nothing that they can come to you and ask you for. Yes. Yes, there's a dog, friends of you. So that's the first kind of commitment we have in the church. The kind of commitment we have in the church is exactly what Proverbs 19 verses 4 says. It says that when somebody has money, they have many friends. When they don't have no money, their friends are separated. So the first form of commitment, this is what I'm talking to you about within the church, and maybe tomorrow I'll speak about the other three, is the first form of commitment that we have in the church. It's called fair commitment. Fair weather commitment is only when the condition is okay. I'm with you. When the condition is tough and things become difficult, I have to leave. Yeah. So that's the kind of people we have sometimes in the church. And when I talk about the church, please note that I'm speaking about JCMI. Uh, I don't know what happens in other churches. I know what happens here. So you find out that when things get tough in church, it's that people, it's, for example, see like, for example, like now me and, me and my wife, we are sorting. But the moment there was an issue and stuff, the moment there was a challenge, you could see that there was the fair weather commitments started to happen and stuff. Why? Because there was an issue and stuff. You understand what I'm trying to say? So it's called fair weather commitment. So when the situation gets bad or when maybe there's accusations about us, or maybe the people are lying about us or they're deceiving because now they feel like, hey, things are a bit tight in the church. They start to back out. The moment things start to develop and things growth starts to take place, things are starting to happen. Everybody's flocking up to JCMI. The old people that had left will automatically flock back. Why? Because they see that things are starting to happen. Things are starting to grow. And they now want to, re, uh, they want to reinstate themselves and be committed again. Why? Because they see that. But the moment there is a challenge, they're gone as well. So it's important to understand that even you as well, when you're going to start your church or you're going to build the work of God, make sure you keep your eyes open wide open for the people that are with you in times of difficulty or in times of loss or in times of complete poverty. You open your eyes to those people. The ones that jump on the boat when everything is okay, don't pull yourself or stress yourself too much about them. You can see that once the storm begins to come again, they'll abandon ship. They'll run away. Yes, they'll run away. Yeah. So like, even like you would even find out, you would even wonder, you would even wonder why you ask yourself the question. And me, I don't blame my leadership. I used to blame my leadership. I would think that sometimes maybe I'm a bad leader. That's why people are leaving the church and stuff. I realize it's just a commitment or people can't do or people can't commit to the church. It's, it's because they got commitment issues. They don't know how to commit to something. Some people commit to something and automatically they leave and they go somewhere else. You understand? Some people are unable to commit the moment they get rebuked or disciplined or get an instruction. You understand? Why they why they only committing? Because pastors like, oh, God bless you. You are so nice, you know. Yeah, we love you, yeah. But the moment pastor says, hey, what you doing is wrong. Then they go on. They leave the, they leave the church. That's, that's, how, that's how commitment is. That's how it is. Why? Failure to take instruction. Now, once the instruction came, because it's not so, more, so much sweet now. It's a little bit, the waters are a bit rough now. 
you know yeah the tides in so what happens the commitment now becomes scarce or some people would some people would or in terms of discipline, what would happen is that if they're involved in something, they'll pull themselves out and they say, I'm no more doing anything. I'm just sitting. Yeah. So it, it, it talks about fair weather committed people. Let's look at this verse again, right? It says that, I mean, get it? And then we'll just close. Uh, Brother Emmanuel wants to say something, right? Uh, so wealth makes many friends. Wealth. Wealth talks about good times. When you are in a season of happiness. <laughs> when you are in a season, when you look at the church like, wow, church is blooming. Hey, I tell you, pastors from all over start to call you. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember. I remember it was, it was during COVID that it seemed like our church was increasing while other churches weren't really doing, doing well and stuff. Our church seemed church growth seemed, seemed like very nice during COVID time. During COVID time, we we increased tremendously, man. We increased from what? Ten sister daughters there by my house, like from nothing to Patricia, then to there, and then to yet during COVID time, when the situation wasn't ripe for us to grow, we were growing during COVID time. And so, so I made many friends during COVID time. <laughs> many friends, many connections during COVID time and stuff. So I'm not, I still have those same connections and stuff. But what I'm saying, let's say for example, church Sunday morning is like this. All right? And I tell Leroy, scream through the whole church. Like, you know, and this is our church. How many people will talk to me? They'll probably say that there's something that is wrong with you. So their commitment to even me, it's like their commitment will leave. And what will happen is that they'll start to look. It's like Job when Job had a situation. They start to try and search Job's life. Find out what was the cause of this situation or this problem coming to you. Yes. But when you are building the church... There are a few things that you can't avoid. There are a few things that are bound to happen, whether you like it or not. It's all tests. Church growth is full of tests. Uh, Bishop Dag said there are at least 21 tests for church growth that you would have to go through. Test of humility. There will be persecution and there will be accusations. There will be that test. There will be tests of, of, of declining members. Or how God is looking to see how you will respond when members start to leave. Yes. You remember Bishop Dad got a book? Where is it there? Those who leave you. How do you respond when people leave you? Hero, can you see? Is it showing that? You just have to it's very blur. Those who okay, those who leave you. This book, I tell you, you'll be blessed. You would realize that people will come into your life and you would expect them to stay. But the very same people that you expect to stay will eventually one day leave you. How do you respond to people when they leave you? How do you respond to somebody that you invest in, somebody that you give, and then one day they decide, ah, I'm going? Yeah. And people, people don't understand. Sometimes people don't understand their behavior. 
of how demonic it is. Because Satan was close to Jesus. Satan was close to God. And he left him. <laughs> he left him. He packed his bags and he says, Oh well, he was cast out because of his sin. But he was gone. You understand? So people don't understand. You, you, people don't get it. I, I think people don't just get it. For example, for somebody to just easily say, I'm leaving the church because I'm unhappy. They, they, they don't know what they're talking about and stuff. They truly don't know. They don't know. And also they don't know what, how does my, how would my pastor feel? I've been with him for so long and now I'm unhappy and I'm just leaving. I wonder how he would feel because when he, when, when I, when, when I needed prayer, he was there. When I needed this, he was there. I called him and, oh, oh, he prophesied and these things came to pass. How would he feel now that I just, he was raising me up to be a leader. He made me a shepherd. He made me this. I am running a home cell. Now I'm just leaving. Oh. <laughs> you see, we don't, we don't think of all those things. And so, yeah. like, even, like even when the children, even when some of the children decided just to do their own thing and leave, they don't think about all they, they just feel, like I said to you, we are preaching about emotions. They just make emotional decisions. But they don't think, they don't think, I'm leaving. Ah, but all the investment to try and raise us up, to get to a place where people do not spice us as youth. And people look at us and say, ah, the youth can actually do something for God. The youth can actually be raised up to become ministers. The youth can be raised up to become worship leaders. And then the very same people decide, ah, I, I, I'm going. Without even an announcement. Oh, you think it's just something easy. It's the nature of Satan. It's the test of church growth. Yes. I, for me, as for me as a pastor, I expect these things. If I don't, if we don't see people getting up and leaving, oh, something's wrong with the church. But you see, the problem we would have, always we would have, is that if we are not centered on soul winning, if we are not focused on soul winning, we'll feel the pinch. And this is why, and I just realized it the other day, this is why we feel the pinch. Anakazo, where's Anakazo? Anakazo somewhere there. Bishop Dad got Anakazo. You said, as long as you are Anakazo in people, and when, in, when people leave, you will not feel it because there are always people coming in. So those that leave it will be like, oh, okay. Why? Because, but it seems as though, even though we, I want you to hear me carefully, even though we do the outreaches and we do, but our minds are not geared on soul winning. We do the opening because of an opening. But it's like our minds are not on soul winning because of the openings that you've done. How many of us moved away from the sound, moved away from the equipment, went into the houses, went into the flats, ministered to people, took down the information, and actually went to go win some souls privately? You understand what I'm saying? Even though people are being, were being saved and by the, through the preaching of the word. But how many of them, of those that were in their house, eh, we're all guilty. So you understand, and the castle 
And the castle is not doing an open air. I found out that open air is, especially for church growth, it's not that effective. You will see when you go and evangelize. It's nice. We love to preach. If we are doing open air while we're preaching, there must be ground troops that are marching in the houses. Because you'll see, you'll see, you, you would see more effectiveness ministry, ground troops in the houses than the open air. Because open is like a hit and run, boom, boom, pa. Who wants to come and give their hearts to the Lord? It's rare sometimes that people will just come up and give their hearts to the Lord. Maybe you'll find a drunk man come into yes. open air. Uh, why I like open air is because the gospel reaches them by, by force. They'll be accountable to it. And, and you're planting seeds still. But now our, our evangelism, specifically, especially for the church, our evangelism, because the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 5, the evangelist for the edification of the church. It's to build the church, to grow the church. So when evangelist goes and wins souls and those be added to the church. But if you just go to evangelize, yes, there's, see for example, if I, if I go to another area and I just go and preach, yeah, I'm going to preach the gospel for people to be saved. But unless I have the mandated, the vision in my mind, then I'm coming here specifically so that I can start a church. You understand? So my mind now would be different. It won't just be just to preach salvation for people to be saved on that night. It's to preach in such a way that these same people, and I have to arrange myself and to put administration in my evangelism to the point where when I preach, these people that get saved, I'm going to make sure that they come to church. That's called evangelism. Amen. I greet you all in that lovely name of Jesus. My name is Zaini van Beek. Hello, this is uh, Frederick and this is my wife, uh, Leanne. Teens in the name of Jesus. My name is Melissa from JCMI. Hello, my name is Leroy. And I'm Promise. Good morning, welcome to JCMI. I'm Colleen. Good morning and welcome to JCMI. I am Brother Lyle. And um, we just like to invite you to come and join our family. With a word spoken in truth. I was greeting everybody, but I, I hope she wasn't offended by that. We must just try and message her or something. Pardon? Pardon? You were sitting with her. Oh, you're sitting on her. Okay, cool. Yeah. Pardon? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, you see. So from my see, just through the, even though Dominique, Dominique I saw her give her all to the Lord. In I'm she said the prayer and stuff privately and stuff in the open air and stuff, you know. I don't know, I don't think I saw these two people give their hearts to the Lord and so. But what I'm saying is that yes, there is that. But imagine if we went now, if we could see that small result, that's a small result of the open air, right? Those, those people. If we could see that small result through open air. Imagine what result you would see is if you go into their house and talk to them. You understand? If you go to their house and actually talk to them. If this Saturday we take flyers and we actually go onto the street and hand out and talk to people and invite them personally 
with a conversation. Imagine what could happen. Yes. Do you understand? Rather than, and, and even though the openness are good, rather than to entirely focus, focus on it. Not saying don't do openness. Do the openness, but there must be a team on the ground. Because not everybody needs to stay around by the sound. Oh, what? We're just modeling and looking nice. Yes, you're just looking nice there. But if you go, I'm going into the house. While he's singing, while he's singing, while Brother Charles is preaching, I'm there. Hi, how you doing, man? Because they're outside, they're not listening to the gospel. They're in their house, they're probably watching TV. Sometimes if you put your TV loud enough, it will drown out the sound of the preaching. So they're probably sitting, ah, oh, we would love to pray with you. Can we pray with you? While he's preaching, and you can still hear as you go into visits, how he's rounding up or he's finishing. And you know when he's finishing, you already got your information of people that you spoke to, prayed with, led to the Lord in that time. Effective too much. And then at least once a, once a month, crusade. Once a month, crusade. Work in an area for a month, in the end of the month, crusade. That's now an occasional evangelism for church growth. But it will take what? Not fair weather commitment. It will take proper committed people to properly commit because evangelism is not for specific people in the church or a special group of people. Evangelism is for everybody. Oh, there's no church that must put evangelism in a department. Because evangelism doesn't fit in a department like media. It doesn't fit in a department like ushering. Everybody, we gear, we train everybody to evangelize, to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. There's no department for evangelize. There's no, they shouldn't, you even talk about a, 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 a budget for evangelism. There shouldn't even be that thing that says a budget for evangelism. If there's no budget for church and all that, then why must you have a budget for evangelism? Evangelism must be the main thing in the church. Because that's why Jesus came. So we don't say, oh, the media team has a, a, a budget, and maybe you give the budget to evangelists in the same amount. No. The amount of money that we spend on equipment, the, it must be less than the amount of money that we spend on evangelism. Evangelism, evangelism sorry, must be more money. I want more sound for evangelism. We damage the sound by taking the sound out every time. We damage the sound. Come back. See, that's why the sound is doing this. Because we take and we bring. We take when we bring. Any electrical stuff, you don't carry it too much or too long. It'll bring like the wear and tear. It damages it. You can't do that. So that's what's happening with our equipment. Because we use the same equipment for outreach. Yes. Uh -huh. And the thing is, it says that people don't understand, especially when it comes to giving in the church, for, for when we say give. My mindset is when we say give, it's not, I don't just want to get money to pay rent. I wish every outreach we do, we could feed people. We could feed, we could make briyani, we could do, we could, you see, now before we used to ask people on social media to bless us. To give and they would bring stuff and they would, but we don't want to be 
asking. Everything must come from us. It must come from us. I don't care how broke we are. It must, you're wondering, it must come from us. That one rand is extremely important. That five rand is extremely important. But when you give, you must have that mindset, I'm giving for church growth and for souls. Yes. Because one day even this camera will pack up. It will pack up. One day the computer will stop functioning. Won't have it for a lifetime. <laughs> Won't have these things. The mics will stop functioning. We won't have it for, we got, we got these things for like two, three years now. And they're not the quality, 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 quality of things. But we still got them long. Or I think the, when, we, when we, all our equipment and stuff costed us around 15,000, the ones that we have. But even though they did, it is not the best. Hybrid <laughs> is actually low. It's like low, it's good, but it's not the best. You understand? So all these things, so when we give, we are giving towards that. Souls, church growth, church advancement, church movement. And there's no way that, I'll, hey, I'm telling you something. You see, even though we have the dream, or even though you had a dream of 100,000 and stuff, but majority of the money for the church is in the church. It's not outside the church. Majority of it should be in the church. Should be in the church, not outside. Oh, but possibly don't have. Yes, the little that you have. The Bible says the Macedonian church gave. They never have, but they gave. They gave. The Bible talks about they gave out of their poverty. And that's church growth. They gave to the point where they realized that the work of God must continue. I don't care about me. I don't care about my house, but the work of God must go. But we don't have those same. We don't have that same mindset and the same mentality. It's a difficult one, eh? but it's part of church growth. You would see, then people will only start to come to church when things are okay. Yeah, this book, Those Who Leave You, very powerful. Don't borrow none of these books that are here now to be borrowed. Amen. And then he got those who are ignorant. I'm oh, sorry, those that accuse you. So as your quest for church growth, you'll start to find out that there are people that will make accusations about you. I was talking to uh, Caroline today, saying, this thing what I don't like personally is when somebody gets offended for somebody saying something and don't know if it's the truth. You, somebody just said something about somebody and somebody didn't tell you, oh, somebody said this about you. And you don't go to the individual that the person said that spoke this about you. Why? Go to the person. Hello, did you say this about me? Hear it from the person's Rather to hear it from somebody else and then make your mind up about an individual based on what somebody else said. Yeah. Because people are sometimes mean. They can hear interpret it as something else. Yeah. You can you can say, hey, uh, the chicken crossed the road. The person will say, hmm, before the chicken crossed the road, you must see what the chicken did. The way the chicken is naughty, and they'll start to mention, but all the chicken did was cross the road. Now you will say, I only
he said, you should have seen how the chicken crossed the road. But that person went to go tell the chicken, mm, you must see what he said about you. He said you crossed the road with an attitude, your, your, your skirt was up, your this was that. You were like, and then now the chicken has made their mind up about Ricardo because of that other person that misinterpreted. Meantime, that thing was in that person's heart to say that to the individual. So they just use your name as an opportunity to do it. And one of the other things I when you ask somebody who said they said, I don't want to say, I'll clap you, I'll clap you, I'll clap you. I don't want to say, Pastor, I don't want to say, I don't want to reveal, I don't want to cause trouble, I don't want to reveal it. Just by you mentioning that you're already causing trouble. Yes, it's already starting a, a war by you mentioning it. Yeah. So you'll find out that those that will accuse you will hinder church growth. Yes hinder you from growing the enemies of the church but it's a good test good test growth amen Hallelujah. oh i tell you something there's so much so much so much lastly amen before we go he has one on church administration um a lot of things in terms of church growing. Your church can grow. I see you open a church, brother. Yes. Yes. Open a church.